0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now.
1: Okay, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 24, we're going to be getting through into a couple of points. I'm going to start this off by giving you some scenarios that I had to endure. So with that being said, let's jump into it, guys. A couple of years ago, uh, I was in an accident. I was in a motorcycle accident. I was just, you know, living life as as life tells you to lead to lead it. I was living and indulging in the world. I was doing the things that come with, you know, living out there in the world. And I'm talking, you know, drinking, partying, uh just, just living the life. What the world refers to as the life. Like it's the good life. The great life. The life. Living the life. Uh, thanks to the Almighty. I'm I'm here to tell you that it's not that great. <laughs> it's not that good. You don't you benefit nothing from it. What well, was a night, a weekend? I believe it was a Saturday night that we had some friend, some friends and family come over and we were partying. We were drinking. Uh, you know, just just doing the things that you do on the weekend when you're living in the world. And I used to own a, a, a motorcycle, a crotch rocket. It wasn't even one of the fast ones either. It was just a 500cc, but I enjoyed it. I liked riding it. It, it was pretty awesome, <laughs> you know, uh, just getting out the, uh, weaving in and out of traffic, just like I owned the streets, boy, just trying to run through there like I owned them. Well, that Saturday night, after I had got, Pretty intoxicated, given Sunday, early Sunday morning, I decided to do the same thing. I jumped on the motorcycle, went to the store to go buy those cigarettes. (laughs) That's what they were for, yeah, I used to smoke. Can you believe that? I don't anymore, man. But anyway, I jumped on the bike, went over the store, and because I was drinking and doing the things that I was doing, I forgot my wallet. So I had already made it over there once, and then I had to go back home to get my wallet to make it again. The second time I went though was when you know disaster hit. I remember hitting the curve, turning on the left and the front wheel went out, hit the gravel, and I was down. I remember trying to put my foot down and then the next thing I remember, I woke up and I was in the hospital. I woke up and I saw some family there, my brothers, my sister, my wife showed up, my parents, my mother-in-law. <clears throat> the, the injuries were kind of bad. I would say they were kind of bad. I had a broken ankle. I had five pins, I got four of them still. Um, my equilibrium was knocked off, uh, half my face wouldn't function properly, I still got the scar. I had a big old cast, I couldn't get up, stand up, wash, feed myself, walk, clean, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do nothing. My wife literally had to take care of me like if I was a, an infant. Every time I would stand up, I would get nauseous because the equilibrium was knocked off. I would throw up or want to throw up. Every time I laid down, same thing would happen. After that happened, I came to a point where I was like, you know, I had a a close encounter with death. I was like, I need to change some things. I need to not keep doing the same thing that I'm doing now. There has to be change. I mean, there's, I got to do something. And so I made some changes. I made some forced changes. Changes. I made some changes based off of my will, based off of me, based off of what I thought. And, you know, I executed them to the best of my ability. And Lo and behold, I ended up doing the same thing again. So I was out for about a good six, seven months. But as soon as they took the cast off and they took that main pin that was in my ankle and it took me a week or two to be able to completely walk, first thing I did was got, on that, got that bike, sent it to the shop and got the forks fixed and I was ready to go again. So I was using it. The second incident that I had, I literally thought I was going to die that day. It took about two weeks, I think, after I got it fixed. I was coming home from SBC, some night classes that I had. I was on a three way pause, waiting to make a left turn, and some, some uh, young person in the Dodge Ram came behind me and hit me. I remember hitting the grill. I remember feeling it when, a, when, the, when I first hit. I remember being elevated, knocked out of my shoes, and then landing. And when I landed, everything went dark. It went dark, and I felt like it felt like it was forever before I got the light back. And then, from a distance, I could see the light starting to reappear. It was the headlights to the car that had parked in front of the on Erskine that was facing me. Then the street lights came out, and then the the the, leads to the, the lights to the apartments came up, and it started getting brighter. But I could hear somebody. It sounded like they were my, far, far away, yelling at me. You know telling me, I didn't see you, I didn't see you, I didn't see you, I was texting, I didn't see you, I didn't see you. Well, when I started crawling, I could feel that he touched me, and he was actually, like, right here. He wasn't that far. But I took the helmet off because it had busted when I hit my head. To, after being elevated and landing, I busted and cracked the whole side of the helmet. I finally got it off, and then I could hear him. We got up. But that, that day, that evening, I thought I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. I thought if I didn't catch my breath that I was not going to ever breathe again. I thought I was going to enter into eternity that day, that one. After the accident, after I got out of the hospital and I went home, you know, I was laying there and I was like, you know, where would I have gone if I would have entered eternity? What would have happened, you know, when I would have met the Almighty and I would have got judged? Sad to say, I don't think that I was ready for eternity that, that day. But when are we? When do we get ready for eternity? How do we get ready for eternity? How do we, do we change? How do we go from the, new, the old man into the new man? How do we do that? When we have those encounters, when we have that encounter, is what's needed. The encounter of dying, being close to death, to be able to change from one to the other state. And the only way to change is by learning Christ. Amen. That leads us to say, have we had that encounter in Christ? Have we really had an encounter that we have changed the way that we are, the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we see things, how we live, act, interact, counteract, how we take situations, how do we do these things? Well, this morning we're going to be looking at what it's like to to die to the old. And walk in the new. We have some points of study. It's going to be three points this morning. The first one's going to be walking in the old. Which is going to be like walking in the flesh. Verses 17 through 19. The second point that we're going to get into is learning Christ. Which is verses 20 through 21. And then being the new man. Verses 22 and 24. Before we jump into the actual text. I'm gonna give you a little bit of background. This, this book is one of the letters referred to as the Prison Epistles. The other ones are Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. These letters, these letters were spread throughout of Asia Minor, to being to today's modern-day Turkey is all of Asia Minor. Uh the land that's surrounded by the Black Sea, the Mediter- Mediterranean Sea, and there's another sea. That other one. <laughs> Um, so that's modern day Turkey. The reason for the letter is to explain the purpose to establish and complete his body being Christ's body, the church, the church of Christ. This is not a letter formed under denomination. It's not trying to form church of Christ. It's for for the bride of Christ, us, the church, the body. Of Christ. When we hear the word "member," it refers to a membership of the body of Christ, not a membership to a building, not a membership to the gym, not a membership to a denomination, not a membership to a religion. When we gain membership, we gain membership in the body of Christ, the body that now belongs to Christ, the bride of Christ, which is us, the church. Again, a letter from Paul while in prison. I have to be honest, man. I don't. I've known a couple of uh, dudes in my life. Some dudes that've been in and out of jail. They've done some things, they've seen some things, they've said some things, and they ain't been too productive in their life. But given that Paul's been locked up so much, man, he's done so much good for being in and out of jail. We have to take what he says, man. I mean, that's, that's power in that. But that's the point, raw right? Paul put in that work. He did what was needed, when it was needed, for whom it was needed, regardless of what it took, what it cost, what the effect was. He did what was needed to spread the gospel, to reach the people, to have the, that when he had that encounter, he had that change. He went from the old to the new. It was no more the same. He learned Christ and he 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 uh, he built from that. You know, his his he, he changed. He had that change, he had that death. For all the work that Paul did, that's what I call having heart. That's what I'm saying is real. That's keeping it 100. He was real. He did what he did. This was the guy that would, you know, execute the Christians. He prosecuted the the Christians. He went to hunt, hunt them down. He said they were worthless, unworthy, didn't know. That was false gospel, false doctrine. But he did that. He had that change. He had that encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. So he went from the old to the new by learning Christ. Getting in chapter 4, it covers walking in unity with the body of Christ and with Christ. It also covers spiritual gifts uh, like apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Chapter 4 also covers the new man walking as a new creation and leaving the old. This is where we're going to be in the message today. So picking it up in verse 17, the first point, walking in the old. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk and the futility of their mind. The two things that point out that that come out in this scripture is the Gentiles walking as the Gentiles and in the futility of their mind. What is it to be a Gentile? When we see Gentile in the word of God, what does it mean? That we don't know Christ. We don't know the way to salvation. We don't know of the gospel. We are not the chosen people. We are not Christians. We're not saved. We are of the world. That is to be a Gentile. The futility defined as pointlessness, uselessness, serving as an unprofitable purpose or for an unprofitable purpose. Because of the life that is in Christ that has been given to us, we should no longer walk in the old. We have been, we've died to the old. We should be walking in the new. As believers, we can't lead a life that does not represent Christ properly. We can't live a life that is not glorifying to our Father. Is it okay to mess up? Yes. Is every day going to be perfect? No. Is there a way out of that? Yes. Is there, pro- is there, is there pro- progressive sanctification? Yes. This is a daily basis. This is, as Scripture tells us, that we need to, we need to, we need to die to the flesh daily. And it t- for me, I, some, I gotta do it like every hour, you know, sometimes because it gets rough out there. It's rough out there. The road is rough. It's not easy. It's not easy. But we have strength, we have answers, we have power, and it's not us. This really connected with me, you know, being referred to as a Gentile, the one that didn't have Christ, the one that didn't know. You know, I thought I had all the answers for life. I thought that I could give the answers or the advice to the hard questions, to the hard situations. I would say to myself, I've had enough experience, I've seen enough things, I can learn from the people that I see that make mistakes regularly in their life, that I can learn from, that I can build off of, that I can continue this, this life that I have now in the flesh, feeding the flesh, walking in the old. But that wasn't the case. I walked as the Gentiles did, trying to run my own life, handling things my way, enduring all the failures trying to use my strength and my thinking. But after finally dying, you know, I realized that it's not my strength. It's not my thinking. It's not me that brings me through these things. It's not me that gives me power. It's not me. It's Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. But I had to take, I had to allow the Lord to penetrate my heart, to release me from the life that I was living, I had to give lordship over to the almighty. That's what lordship is. When you allow him to be lord of your life. That's why we call him lord. Because he controls us. He owns us. He loves us. He d- He dictates what we do. He gives us purpose. You know, we're all called according to the will of God. We're all called to glorify him. We're called to be a shining bright light by spreading the gospel of grace. Salvation by faith. And we've all been given gifts. Special purposes. Isn't that amazing? Before we even knew it, before we even realized it, we have a purpose. We have a purpose to the almighty. We have a reason for being. We have purpose in our life. Before we were born, Scripture tells us that He knew us us when we were in our mother's womb. We had purpose. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, and being alienated from the life of god because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart alienated feeling alone and out of place ignorance it's not a it's not a criticism it's not as i used to refer to we're not being clowned on by the bible we're not i'm not ignorant you ignorant that's not what we're talking about we're talking about being ignorant it's just a lack of knowledge it's a lack of knowledge of the word of god it's a lack of knowledge when we are alienated or feeling alone, out of place, isn't that when we seek our own thinking? Isn't that when we seek our own answers? Again, using our experiences and maybe using advice that was given to us by someone else. And let's be honest, how many times have we got advice from somebody that could have used some godly advice themselves? <laughs> They're out there just handing it out free. You know, <laughs> Here, take a hold of this, see how it works out for you. But how many times, you know, that's us trying to control the situation, that's us trying to find the answer, that's us trying to, trying to control what's happening for our young people, for the youth, the single, the young, you know, the enemy uses emotions to play a huge factor in those young lives, in the young lives of all the people that, that we see, the teenagers, the children, the he uses those things. You know, the feeling of loneliness is hard for a young person. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. It took, it took a lot of breakthrough with the Lord to understand that. For a young person to feel lonely, it's, it's a horrible feeling. It's hard not to be accepted. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking almost to the point of not knowing what to do when you're not accepted by your peers. When they, when your friends don't call you, when they don't hit you up to tell you to come and kick it with me or to come, you know, let's go to a movie. Let's go out to eat. Let's go do this. It's hard for that young person because the, the world tells you that acceptance is crucial and it's important. But acceptance from who? Acceptance from the world? Acceptance from the, the things that the world offers to you? The things that are going to force you to compromise your faith and, 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 and your belief that has been instilled from, into you from the parents, from the church, from, from where, it, where it comes from. It also leads to young people forcing young love. You know that's not that's not a game to be playing. It's hard, you know, because if, when you force young love, as I force things in my life, I quickly realize that what I'm forcing, I'm not doing out of heart. I'm not doing it being led by the by by the Lord. I'm not doing. I'm forcing these things, which always ends up in a bad situation. You always end up getting yourself into something that the outcome is not. Not any good. I mean, we got a lot of young things that affect a young person that's forcing things in their life. The younger generations are being led to trust in things that are not stable or profitable. When being alienated from life in God, the blindness of their hearts, that is what is referred to as walking in the old. As us as adults, when we are walking in the in the ignorance of our hearts because we don't know the word of God, our trust is not in the Almighty, our faith don't stem from Christ, we are walking in ignorance. We are walking in, in ourselves. We are walking in the flesh. Because of the ignorance that is in us, ignorance again being the lack of knowledge, young, old, it doesn't matter. If we don't know the things that that we need, To be able to leave the old, we will never be able to walk in the new. If we don't know how to make that transition, if we don't know where it stems from, if we don't know how to grasp that. If we don't know how to get it, we're not going to be able to make that, that transition from old to new. Again, the middle point, the main point is being what? Learning Christ. If we're not builders, right, how can we build? I got a family member that can brick a home like a boss. But he had to learn that somewhere, didn't he? Somebody had to teach him that. He had to get those skills, those necessary skills to do that. He had to get it somewhere. He just didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I can brick you. I can brick this house in a chimney and rock face. all. That. I can." No, it don't happen that way. I wish it did. I'll brick my own house, but it don't work that way. <clears throat> Not having God in our lives, we are in the dark. We don't know about the power. We don't know about the faithfulness of the Lord. We don't know how to walk in the light or how to live with and like Jesus. We don't know how we are. We don't know why we are here and how the Lord wants to use us because we don't know the word of God. We don't know this. We're not in this. We're still in the flesh. 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Lewdness described as evil evil grievous, harmful, malicious, wicked, to allow lustful desires, to work all uncleanness with greediness. That is lewdness. I can feel that sometimes, or I used to in the world. Every, every, when I was in my flesh, I was controlled by it in every way possible. I remember, you know, I remember thinking I got heart. I'm brave. I'm proud. I got, you know, nobody's going to disrespect me. Nobody's going to, you know, run over me. Nobody's going to tell me how I'm going to live my life, what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do it. Nobody is going to. This is me. I run this. I remember thinking if I ever had to put it down, I would put it down. If I ever had to get into a physical altercation, (laughs) that I would, but no problem. (laughs) But that was me. I remember being in the club drinking indulging in the world and thinking that that was the good thing that's the good life that's that's the way it was be I remember being in the club walking around like man look at me funny please look at my wife like like in a disrespectful manner and see the outcome of that see what happened see because my flesh wanted that I enjoyed physical altercation that was me feeding my flesh, that was me wanting to do those things that was me, I thought that that was good, I thought that's how you were supposed to live. I thought that's how a man took care of his family. I thought that was the th- that was the way to be, but thanks to the power of the almighty i couldn't even I can't hurt a fly. God is great. I used to get satisfaction from inflicting pain and punishment. <clears throat> When dealing with people just, you know, every day I was rude, mean, inconsiderate, didn't care about their feelings, just a complete wicked person. I surrendered all to the flesh and I felt justified in my actions because I was living in my flesh. I surrendered control to no one. My business was my business. The way that I ran my life and home was set by my standards and no one else's. I would take some things even from scripture, though. I remember this too. And I remember it like you won't forget things like this. I remember looking at things that were in the Bible, and I would say, you know what? I completely agree with that. But anything that would cause a change in my heart, or anything that would cause me to change, or something that I knew I had to give up, nah, I wasn't so much for that part. I mean, and it's 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 terrible. It's a terrible way to live. This this some of the things that I would agree with. That were wrong was like adultery fornication homosexuality because i didn't like any of those things i thought they were wrong because if it happened to me i wouldn't be happy with it you know but i was willing to bend what i believed if it came to let's say stealing hurting somebody even murder. If I thought that that was going to be... This, if, if I thought that's what was needed for me to take care of my home, to to, to be that man of my house, I was justified in doing it. But those other things, no. You can't do it. That goes against the word of God. Even the Lord would tell you that He was wrong. I, and in essence, I was my own God. And I had many false idols. In Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, Verse 5, it gives us Jeremiah the prophet. He was a prophet. He was used by the Lord, and the Lord gave him this to explain to us what it's like to live in the flesh. It says, curse is a man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. If we live in the flesh, we are separated from the Lord. Point blank. That's just what it is. The more that we live in the flesh, the more that we feed the flesh, the further away we are from Christ. In verse 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. and I, I the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. The context of the scripture is the sin of Judah. They, they left God. They left the covenant. They left the trust in the Lord. They decided to make things themselves. They decided to control the situation themselves. And instead of leaning on the Lord, they went and they, they leaned on Egypt for help to, to, uh, with the problem from Babylon. Giving themselves over to what they thought was going to be better for them. This is us trying to live. And the flesh this is us leaving what the Lord has for us, this is us not trusting in the almighty this is not this is us not grasping the power that that is e, that is in the word of God through Christ this is us trying to fix things living in the flesh the second point is learning christ point two if you're taking notes is learning Christ and verse twenty reads like it's like it says like this, but you have not so learn Christ, point blank. You have not so learned Christ. If you're living in the old, you have not so learned Christ. How do we learn Christ? Paul also wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 21 goes on to tell us that if we learn Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, you have been taught by him. Where's the truth? It's in Jesus. If you have heard him in 2 Timothy 3.16 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be complete with and thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we have heard him, the scripture that tells us what it's good for it's good for doctrine, it's good for reproof, it's good for correction, it's good for instructions and in righteousness, it's it's, it's to make the, the man of God complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's just jump into the good work real quick. That's not old, work from the Old Testament. When you find yourself doing something, whatever it is, regardless of what it is, if you find that your heart is being satisfied because you're doing this for the Almighty, if it's a change in habit, if it's a change in lifestyle, if it's a change in, in your actions, if it's a change in your attitudes, if you find yourself making those changes because your heart is satisfied, For doing it for the Lord, you are now doing it in good work. It's not forced. But if you find yourself forcing to do it, it becomes work. Just a quick distinction between the two. Um, The truth is in in Jesus. In Ephesians 4, 6, it says, God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, in us all. You will know the truth is in Jesus, who is now in you. How do we know the truth? How do we get to the point of really knowing Christ? How do we get that relationship? How do we how do we how do we enforce it? How do we use it? Well, it starts off by prayer and the Word of God. We need our time in Scripture. It's so crucial during our attacks and temptations that we have to be in the Word of God. We have to be in prayer. We have to. It is what stops us from wanting to handle life and the situation ourselves. If we stem, if we go back to where where the truth is at, where the actual solution is at where the problem can truly be fixed, if we focus on that and not on ourselves, that gives us our breakthrough. That gives us us not wanting to control it. That gives us not putting ourselves in that situation that really affects you later because we went to something that is stable, that is true, that is honest, that is faithful, that is unchanging, the Word of God. And if you think that you have to have the same time of getting into the Word of God as someone else, as a pastor, preacher, evangelist, whatever, You don't. It doesn't matter. Morning, day, evening, it doesn't matter just as long as you get into the point of being in the word of God. You know, someone else's call is not your call. Someone else's life is not your life. Someone else's situation is not your situation. Your situation is your situation. Your molding is your molding. What the Lord has for you is what he has for you. But if you don't strengthen that relationship, if you don't get into that word of God regularly, you're not going to know these things. You're not going to know where to stem from. When situations hit, when life hits, you're not going to know how to handle it. How do you hit back? You don't. Christ Almighty does. Your Lord and Savior takes care of you. You don't. If you want to know the power and promises the Lord has for us, you have to get into the word of God. We have to be dedicated to being in the word of God. If we want to be a builder, how can we build if we don't know how to do it? How, how can we? How can we? If I want to build a home, we need, I need to know about foundation. I need to know about framing. I need to know about plumbing. I need to know about electrical. I need to know about cabinets, carpet. I need to know about all these things. All these things I have to know about. But if I don't know about them, I can't do it. And just like if you want to build your home, you want to build your faith, you want to build your relationship, it starts with your foundation. And your foundation needs to be in God, God Almighty, that's unwavering, unchanging, will not shift. It will not fault. It will not deny you. It will not forsake you. Your foundation is strong. Strong if it's in the word of God, if it's from God. Speaking about getting into the word of God, you know, social media is a good thing. Sometimes it can be used good. Sometimes it could be used badly. I've, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all those things. I've been, you know, looking at Instagram, I'm looking at Twitter and Twitter. And somebody shoots out some good posting, I mean, a, a good feed about whatever, even religious feed, and God, so whatever the scripture is, and then two seconds after that, that same person or somebody that they're a friend with or whatever comments on something else that's totally inappropriate. It completely goes against the word of God. Same thing on Facebook. Same thing on Instagram. Just as, as quick as you want to find something on this on the social media, you can find something that's unprofitable to you. It's just that easy. That's honest. That's not how you get the Word of God, though. We can't rely on Instagram. If we read Instagram daily as the Word of God because it pops up all the time, that's not going to give us a dialogue with Christ. Instagram is not going to read back to you or give you what the Lord has for you like the Word of God does. Instagram won't give you dialogue. We can't use scriptures that are posted on Facebook for context. We just won't get it. We won't get it without knowing the whole canon, without knowing everything that it's, it's entailed to say, the context of scripture, to understand before, after, during the situations, the years, the why. We don't get that from two scriptures posted up on Facebook. You know, it's not the same thing. So if there's anything that will, that, that, if I can encourage you anything today, It would be to uh, get an actual Bible, get a Bible, get a highlighter, get a pen. Pray, read before, during, after, especially when life is giving you, tossing these hard things at you. Because you know what? We all have situations. We all have issues. We all fall. We all drop the ball. All of us do. But that's the whole point of grace. And the whole point is us not trying to fix it. That's allowing the Lord to fix it. We know right from wrong. But our strength is not in us. It needs to be in Christ and in the word of God and where you're going to receive it from. It may seem old-fashioned and inconven- an and, and, and inconvenience, but you get so much more when you're in the Word of God. You get more when you... We've, we've all been there. We've been, you know, we pray, we read the Word, and we're like, you know what, I read that last month or whatever, and I didn't even realize that that was what it meant, or that was what the Lord was trying to give me. Or you can read the same thing, a Bible in one year, read it again two years down the road, and get something different, because the Lord has what He's given you at the time He's given it to you but it does require some commitment. It requires us to get into the word of God. It requires us to, to, to know and have that loving relationship with Christ. It requires that from us. You know, prayer is another crucial part of learning Christ. In 21, again, it reads, if indeed you have heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. I remember thinking, you know, I talk to God, you know, I pray while I was living in the flesh. You know, God knows what's up. He knows what I need. He knows how I live. You know, he he knows what it's like every day out here. You know, if he wants to do what he wants to do, he can go ahead and do it. If he don't, I guess I got to endure how I got to endure and not handle it. Why? Because I'm feeding my flesh and I'm proud. I'm boastful. I can take care of this. I've seen enough things. I've learned from enough things. But that's not the case. That's not the case. For every time I had to deal with something going on in my life, I never prayed for the outcome. Do you know that it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's better for you to pray before the actual problem happens? So you say, how do you know when the problems happen? You don't because you do it in the word of God and you're in prayer regularly. So you are praying and you are in the word of God and you know what it says before these storms come, before these temptations come, before the life gets hard for you. You've already been in the word of God. You've already been praying. You already know where the power stems from. You already know the answer, but it takes a regular commitment. I remember crying out to the Lord after decisions were made, after the outcome was bad and never before. Even living in the world, though, I would pray and I would I would feel some pressure gone because I know that there was a higher power. I know that there was an almighty and I could pray to him. But I still had to deal with the same issue like 10 minutes later because my life wasn't given to him. He wasn't in control. I was I was still walking in the old. Problems, it could be anything, it could be marriage, kids, habits, bills, just everyday life. No, are we going to act or react wrong sometimes? Yes, again, yes, we are. Are we human? Yes, but it's okay because we're saved by grace. Are we living in a maybe there's there's maybe we're living in a way that we shouldn't live right now, but it's okay, it's okay to be. Where you're at is just not okay to continue to be in that same place once you've learned the word of God, once you know, once you've given yourself over to Christ, once you've made that commitment to say, I'm going to go from the old to the new, it's not okay to find justification in the same things that you're doing, in the same way that you're living, that's giving the lordship over to Christ. And again, the power to change is not from us, it's from the almighty. All we have to do is trust in faith and build the relationship in Christ and he will change us. He will change us. But what is Paul telling us in this letter that he wrote in Ephesians? That there's another way. Can we seek directions or answers? Yes. This is not just for us adults. This applies to the young adults. This applies to the youth. Teenagers are not any less important to the Almighty than us adults. Young people have temptations, attacks, and struggles. And to be, to be an outcast is just a struggle in itself for a young person. You know, friends don't call you or don't invite you places, like I'm saying. You know, you feel like you're excluded. You feel like you're less important. You're not amongst them. To be accepted, you have to give up your faith, though, for your young people, for your single people, for the young adults. You have to compromise what you believe in. Just like us adults, the young children, the young people, the youth, if you don't allow the Lord to direct you, you know, we're gonna end up in a situation that we don't want to be in. And it's sad, it's a sad thing for the youth. If they don't go along with the multitude, they're not accepted, they're outcasted. They have no friends, they have no nobody they can talk to, nobody they can relate to. Everything that they hear, if it doesn't come from the world or for somebody their same age, it has no importance to them. They could care less. But that's because of lack and ignorance of knowledge of the Christ and the Word of God. The, the youth, you youth, you need to know that you can cry out to the Lord. You need to know that if you pray, the Lord will hear you. The Lord will give you breakthrough. The Lord will handle the issues. The Lord will, will treat you the same as he does an adult. It doesn't just apply to us adults. It applies to you young people as well. Again, your issues are not any less important. I remember telling my kids, you know, a while back, you don't know what it's like to live hard. You don't know what this is like. You don't know what real stress is. You don't know what it's like to have to take care of this or take care of that. Not even realizing that, you know what, in their life and in their situation and their season, they're dealing with things that for them are heavy, are tremendous, hard. We're, We're dealing with adult issues. They're dealing with young issues, but that doesn't mean that they're different. As far as they're concerned, they weigh the same. But Christ has breakthrough for you. Yes, for you young people as well, for you single people as well. Why is it important to know Christ? Because Christ can relate. Jesus knows you young and old. Jesus has walked as we have walked. He has felt that as we have felt. But if we don't pray, how can we ask for help, direction, and breakthrough? And we don't pray. We're not going to pray to God. We're not going to read the word of God. But oh Lord, I need you to get me through this. How can we if we don't know the way to do it? How can we build if we are not builders? How can we? You know, pray before the action, not not, not be not after. Pray before, not after. Again, your regular praying daily. That's how you do it. You know, we got to cry out to the God. We have to cry out to God for all that we need. Everything we need we need the Spirit to lead us, to guide us. We have to have it. We we need it. Without it, we can't do what we need to do. We have to have guidance from the Holy Spirit. Fact, faith, feeling is the order of things, amen? You you depend on the fact, which is the Word of God. You, you rely on your faith, which is your faith in the Word of God, and your feelings follow. Don't let your feelings lead you. Don't let your feelings lead you. Young people, don't let your feelings lead you. Don't let your feelings de- take the way you feel, the way you think, the things you want to compromise, the things that you should do, what is socially accepted in the in the world. Don't allow your feelings to dictate what you do. Your strength as well is in the word of God. Your strength too is in the, from the Almighty and it will do tremendous things for you. Tremendous things for you. We got to have faith in the Lord and never allow feelings to lead us. And the awesome thing is, is that word of God never changes. Amen. We might read it and it's the same words, but we get different applications, different understandings, because that's led by the Holy Spirit for the time that we're in. That's what changes. The word of God does not. How he he guides us and leads us and builds us, man, that is going to be the same. Always, because he's faithful. 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct. This is going to be the new man that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt in the deceitful lust. Corrupt is a willingness to act dishonest for personal gain. Corrupt the manner in which a person behaves. Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that no temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That is our breakthrough. Young or old, if you're being tempted, if you're being attacked, trust in the word of God. He's, he's, he's building you for a reason. He's got purpose for you. If you trust on the escape that he provides for you not on your own escape, you are now living in the new. You are now relying on the spirit. You are now being of new. You are now leaving the old. God will not allow what you cannot handle, young folks, older folks. God will not allow what you can't handle, but we must look through the way out through Christ, not ourselves. Every day that you have, you have to allow Christ to strengthen you and not be to not be in the old, to not be that sinful person. This is how we are able to make every day possible. It is to allow Christ to forgive us and lead us, forgive us and lead us. Yes, forgive us and lead us every day. Yeah, we fall. Yes, we will fall. That don't mean that we've lost salvation. We don't lose salvation. It's just that we've had a slip up and God will forgive you. Don't allow the enemy to give you guilt. The enemy will use guilt to condemn you, but the Lord will use that same feeling to build you. Understand that there's a purpose. You have reason. You have reason. You can be built through Christ, through the word of God. You can be built. The enemy is the only one that wants to condemn you. He's the only one that wants to condemn you and break you down. The only one. Romans 6.12 also is relation to being in the new. Therefore, do not let sin reign over your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Amen. Amen. Not to do the things to fulfill the flesh, simply said. Don't do the things that that feed the flesh. Do the things that are righteous with the whole heart. If you walk in the spirit, you know, you should not. Fulfill, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh by walking in the spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit and, and the filling of Christ is, is our power. That's our power. That's how we change. That's how we conform. We literally have faith that the answer will come, direction will come from the Lord. You have to believe. You have to believe. You believe if you pray, if you surrender to the Lord and you go to him in prayer, he will give you breakthrough. If your trust is in the almighty, regardless of the situation, regardless if you're young or regardless if you're old, does it matter? 23, you know, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Every day we need that renewed of We get renewed in the word of God. We get renewed in in praise. We get renewed in in scripture. We get renewed on Wednesdays. We get renewed on Sundays. That's the purpose of coming together as a people gathering. You know, we need that relationship with the father to be able to hear from him. We can't say we want to hear from the Lord and get direction and we don't have a relationship with him. It's impossible. Verse 24, it says, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God. And true righteousness and holiness, again, be the new creation that has been forgiven, washed, and set free. Live according to the purpose that the Lord has and in the image of God. While studying this message, I came across a concise from Matthew Henry. It's just, it's strong, it's powerful. It reads like this. The corrupt nature is called a man. Like like the human body, it is of diverse parts, supporting and strengthening one another. Sinful desires are deceitful lusts. They promise men happiness, but render them more miserable and bring them to destruction, if not subdued and mortified. These, therefore, must be put off as an old garment, a filthy garment. They must be subdued and mortified, but it's not enough to shake off the corrupt principles. We must have gracious ones. By the new man is meant the new nature, the new creature, directed by a new principle, even regenerating grace, enabling a man to to lead a new life of righteousness and holiness. This is is created or brought forth by God's almighty power. I'm going to wrap this up. The first incident, I came to a point that I thought, you know, I could die, made some changes, ended up in the same. The second one, I thought I was dying. And realized that I had to make some changes. I had to be prepared for eternity. I knew that playtime was over. We have to come to a point in our lives that we give lordship to Christ. And strength must, our strength must rely on him for us to make that change. For us to continue our walk. We can't stay in the same. We have to build. We have to continue. We have to keep going through the strength of Christ and not our own. You know how I knew that I was 100% sure that I knew that I had given my life to God because regardless of the sin that came across, I hated all of them, even the ones that I was in, even the ones that I felt justified in, even the ones that I could find a way to justify, I hate those as well. But for the life of me, I cannot hate the sinner. I cannot hate the sinner. And we are here to tell him that there's a way, a truth, and a life that is in Christ Almighty that they have to put off the old, and they must walk into the new. And we must do this daily. With all our hearts, we must do this daily. And we will prosper. We will have breakthrough. We will have joy. We will have love. Because it stems from this. And not anything that the world can give you. Not anything that the world can give you. This is your power. Live in it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, you're so worthy, Lord. You're so worthy for all our praise, Lord. We know that you are our strength, Father. We know that you are our power, Lord. We know that we don't have to walk in this life daily, Lord, without you. We don't have to try to take on the things of life, young situations or old situations. We don't have to endure these things ourselves, Father. We know that there's a way through and it's through you, Father. We pray that you fill us, guide us. And every step that we take, that we may glorify you and love you as we get closer to you, God. Fill us so we have time to to read your word and to pray to you, Lord. We just thank you and glorify you. We thank you for all that you've given us. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.